When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry next to Austin Huff. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. You can find the pod on Instagram and Twitter. On Twitter, the handle is at Tighten Up Pod. On Instagram, it's at Tighten Up Podcast. We are under the A to Z Sports umbrella. Go give them a follow across all social media platforms. Yeah, now's the time to do it because football season is back, ladies and gentlemen. This is our 28th episode, but our first one where we get to talk about real life football. And Jack and I, Jack and I are both guys who who just we hate people who overreact to week 1, like who just, you know, basically think everything that happened in week 1 is is what's going to be the storyline for the season. Now, with that said, Jack and I are going to extremely overreact to everything we saw in week <laughs> one on this podcast today. Uh, it, we're going to have some fun. And unlike uh, Steven Gotzkowski, we're just going to kick it and talk some Titans. Uh, we're going to talk about oh. Clowney's first game as a Titan. Corey Davis uh, went absolutely off on on Monday night. Mr. Is it new Mr. Monday night? Dare I ask the question? Um, Isaiah Wilson got a DUI. We're definitely going to got a hit on that. Plus we've got a very special interview today. One that we are very excited. We're like two giddy middle school children, mainly because I listened to this guy a lot when I was in middle school, young buck himself, former member of G unit now heads up cash flow records. We're going to talk rap, which is perfect because you won't, you won't find two whiter dudes than Jack and I, <laughs> and we're <laughs> And Buck is also a huge Tennessee Titans fan, so we're gonna get to pick his brain on the Titans and what he thought about yes or last or Monday night's uh, matchup win against the Denver Broncos. So that'll be fun. Maybe get some Titan stories from players past. Yeah, I cannot wait to hear his take on Stephen Gotzkowski because I'm sure he is like loaded up with oh, yeah. with with fiery takes about that. Um, so we'll get to that. That's gonna be fun. So stick around. Um, w- fun show coming for you and uh, coming coming for you coming to you. I don't I don't know how to talk. Coming at you. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a good sell job for this upcoming episode. Buckle in. With all of that said, let's talk tight. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is September 16th, 2020, and the Tennessee Titans are 1-0. Undefeated, baby, sitting atop the AFC South, not to brag. You know, good teams find ways to win bad games. Even if they're against bad opponents, which I'm kind of worried that's what the Broncos are. We'll get into all of that here shortly. But with that said, we have to start our show the way we start every episode with the latest and greatest of Clowny Watch 2020. So let me send it down to my colleague, Jack Gentry, for more. Jack, what do you got for us? Dude, 
Clowny Watch ended a week ago. Wait, what? Oh, damn it. The Titans got him. Oh, <laughs> dude, it's it. It's a habit by now. It's just a habit. Like that's it's just what I say. I introduce the show and then I go right into Clowny Watch. I didn't I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I uh I won't hold it against you. Don't worry. I appreciate but, that. But we do have Guskowski watch. <laughs> oh so, snap. Yeah, so and I, they, I, this I, is I, you could argue this is might be more important than Clowny Watch, at least right now. Exactly. And as as the watch ends for one Jadavian Clowny, Steven Goskowski, unfortunately, is now being watched. Uh, pretty, pretty intensely by Titans fans. So missed four <laughs> kicks. Oh, you don't say goal. not the way you want to start with a new team who has a little bit of Cairo Santos, a little Ryan suck up PTSD already. Uh, Titans fans are very fragile. Don't forget Cody Parkey, Cody Parkey. Well, he, he only missed an extra point with the Titans. So he, he was, uh, uh well, I mean, few evils. But Gotts, uh, Goss hit missed an extra point last night too. He so. did, he did, but he made his last one. And I am hashtag keep Goskowski. I want oh, Goskowski to pay. Here so we go. I know Austin doesn't. Austin has has a uh, a bit of an issue with what he saw on Monday night, which I do too. But we're gonna get into it. Jack, I okay. Look, last night while I'm watching the game. I'm thinking, or I guess two nights ago when this podcast drops, Monday night when I'm watching the game, I I thought we were going to, I was really excited for this week's podcast because I was like, oh man, Jack and Eric just going to have so much fun with the Goskowski talk. Just, just, we're going to just tear into a guy who should, like if there was a Hall of Fame for just kickers, he would be in it. Without question, legendary kicker, had a phenomenal career in New England. There is a Hall of Fame for kickers though. They they go to Canton too. Well, then no, no, <laughs> that's the that's just the Hall of Fame. I'm talking like if it was just kickers, he would without question be in. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is he in? Is he into the actual Hall of Fame? I think he's got a really good shot. You know, there's only four kickers in there. It's uh, Lou Groza, Morton Anderson, uh, Jan Steinrude. Uh, probably mis mispronounced that name. And then George Blanda. George Blanda was also a quarterback. So well, he, see like, that that tells that. me since there's only four, that tells me that he doesn't have a good. Like it's even harder for kickers to get in. But but you, but you have to think he he's as decorated as a kicker as well the week has ever seen. Keep it. We have to speak in the past tense. Was a was. decorated well, kicker because after that performance on Monday night, he still has the most Super Bowl appearances by a kicker. He's got six of those. Yeah. He, uh, he he he's. Typically been steady Eddie. He's been the perfect kicker for that Patriots franchise uh, during their championship window, which closed last year when Derrick Henry came to town. Yeah. Um, but but he he went through a streak in his career at 523 extra points. That's nine years straight of not missing an extra point. Uh, obviously, he's aged a little bit. And Denver, you hate to see a bad performance by a kicker there because you go to Denver to break records. You go to Denver to hit 63-yard field goals. Okay, and I get that Goskowski's lost his leg a little bit, and he's fresh off a hip surgery. So he's thrust back into the action on a short offseason with a team he was just brought in by in a completely new environment for the first time in his career. And he sucks. He sucks a lot. I mean, like he, he, the, four, the four kicks he missed were bad. They, they weren't close misses. One was blocked. Might not have been his fault, but still. He comes back, hits a game winner, and with one of – him and Vinatieri are probably going to get into the Hall of Fame, but you can't just let this guy go after one week. After if he missed that game winner from twenty five, you you get him out of town. 
you ship him off to to Timbuktu. But he he made that one. Uh, the most pressure-filled kick uh, the Titans have hit in a long time. Um, granted, he put them in a spot to where that was a little, you know, a, a little more dicey than it than it probably should have been. But you can't ship Guskowski off. He, he's a Hall of Fame kicker, and with the coronavirus stipulations in place, you cut Guskowski. You have to wait probably two weeks before you get the guy you want in, and the likelihood that you bring in a Stephen Hauschka or you know a Chandler Kentonzaro or whoever you bring in off the streets, and they succeed to the level of which you're hoping, it's still unlikely then. So you have to keep you have to keep Guskowski. You have to ride this out. And by the way, Vrabel sounded in today's press conference, Monday's or Tuesday's press conference. Um, it sounds like they're going to stick it out with him. It sounds like they need to improve. Vrabel said they need to improve around him. So they're not done with Guskowski. He's got week two to prove himself. If he's a shaky week two, then I think you have to really consider it. The the air pressure at Mile High Monday night was extremely low, not because of the altitude but because of how bad Gotzkowski sucked. Okay. <laughs> like he was, he was sucking more than Jada out of shape Jadavian Clowney in the fourth quarter. Okay. It was awful. It was, it was terrible. And you can't, you can't be okay with terrible. If you want to be a great team, you have to, uh, the the kicking game has to be an afterthought. It has to be something that you don't even Automatic. put any thought into. Look at uh, who, real quick. Who's the Chiefs kicker? Harrison Butker. Okay, you answered that a little bit quicker than I thought you would. <laughs> you were gonna say you were gonna say nobody really knows him because he just goes out there and does his job. Exactly. The the typical football fan probably doesn't know the Chiefs kicker. Same thing with the Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker. He's a little more. Okay, damn it, Jack. You hosting you host a podcast about an NFL team. All right, so I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you those. All right, but uh, needless to say, like you're not thinking about kickers. Stephen Goskowski was trending number one last night because, and this was at the later Monday night game. This wasn't just the, this wasn't the prime time every single but every everyone is watching Monday night game. Most of America was already asleep, and my man was still trending number one because he was terrible. Now I will say this: I will say this. Uh, according to Josh uh, Dubo AP on Twitter. The missed kicks was a thing that was a problem all over the NFL in week one. The 19 missed field goals in week one were the most in the NFL since kickers missed 20 in the opening week in 1982. Uh, the 71.6 accuracy percentage was worse in week one since 1998 when kickers made 71.4. So everyone's been struggling with missed kicks. Obviously, we saw Cincinnati lost their game because of it. And that's what I was going to say. Randy Bullock, Fat Randy, as he's known. Uh, he made three field goals, but he missed the game winner, and he obviously faked a humongous calf but, injury that's non-existent, but it's neither but here nor there. Good teams can't can't accept poor kicking. No. They, they just can't. Like, if you want to make that jump, you have to find someone that you can rely on week in and week out. And right now, we can't rely on Steven Gotzkowski. It, it's not – it's – I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if it's if it's physical because of the surgery. Obviously, we saw Suckup wasn't the same after his surgery. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't think this is something you can chance. I don't think you can keep wheeling him out and say, "Well, I hope he 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 writes the ship." No, 
that shouldn't be an issue with the kicking game. You have to find someone who will be automatic, who who you don't even have to worry about. We already have to worry enough about guys like Corey Davis producing, which he did. Shout out. We'll get to him in a bit. Contract but, Corey. <laughs> which, that's our new nickname for him. That, we're, we're going all in on that. Uh, but like you, the kicking game should be an afterthought, and right now it's not. Good NFL teams don't worry about their kicking game. You can win and you can lose games on your kicking game. And the Titans. The Titans, sure, they won their game off the kicking game last night, but they almost nearly lost it. That that game should have been twenty six to fourteen, at at worst. Shouldn't have had to come down to that kick. It should not have come down to the final play of the game. When when Ryan Tannehill threw that fade in the back corner, just out of the reach of AJ Brown, I was like, "Well, my heart dropped. We're screwed. The mm-hmm. Titans, the Titans are are going to." find a way to lose this game by one point. And it all came down to Goskowski. I'm look, I'm not the kind of guy I hate. I absolutely hate when people, especially on the internet, grab their, their pitchforks and they start mobs and they say, fire this guy, fire this guy, because nobody, nobody would come to your job and do that. I I don't, I don't think you should fire that, but I also, I'll just say that I think the Titans need to figure out this kicking game and they need to figure it out now early in the season to where when you come when you go go on the road in January or even if you're playing at home in January in the playoffs or even getting to the playoffs you can't be worrying it whether or not your kicker is going to make simple 38 40 yard field goals inside 40 yards 40 to 50 yard field goals you, you can't worry about that no you can't it's it's really takes a, puts a lot of pressure on your offense not only your offense but your defense the Titans defense stood up and and held their ground. There was a goal line stand where big Jeffrey Simmons was involved. Will Compton was in the mix as well. That there. was awesome. That was Although awesome. Will Compton shouldn't have been on that field. Rashawn Evans with a bonehead decision to open hand but, slap Jake Butt. Shout out to Will Compton, though. Dude stepped up. He played a great yeah, game. He did. Uh, despite being flung into uh to, to really a starting role, essentially, um, because of Rashawn Evans being an idiot. Jeez, yeah. Rashawn. Come on, dude. Will Compton played an instrumental part in that win. I, I mean, he really did. Um, but but with the kicking game, you, do you know who the last kicker is to miss four kicks in one game and his team still win? Is this uh, the NFL or just the Titans? The NFL. Oh. Uh, just the Titans. How sad of a rebuttal question. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which the kicking game has never really fully been an issue up until the last, like, three years, I'd say. Uh, well, even then, suck up, suck up was great. Uh, even the last two years, it, it's never been. There's always been someone stable at the kicking position. I don't know. Uh, I'll say, we, it, it, it's not a Cody Parkey. Oh no, it's an Adam Vinatieri, isn't it? It's Cody Parkey with the Bears in 2018. He missed four, and the team still beat the Lions. The last time the Titans had a kicker miss four kicks, it was Cairo Santos in oh, Week Five. Last season, the loss to the Bills, he missed four field goals. Rabel shouldn't have sent him out there again. Um, but yes, yeah, so, and now so. that's what worries me too. Is like Rabel. Rabel's the kind of Rabel's a player's coach through and through, and he's going to say, "Look, I believe in you. I'm going to keep putting guy. you out there until you until you write this ship." But that could affect some games, and that could cause a loss and and within a division as as cutthroat as the AFC South and really just in the AFC playoff picture as a whole if you want to stay one of those elite teams 
one of those top four teams. Can't worry about special teams. You cannot worry about special teams. And, and look, and Gotzkowski, every kicker reaches the end of the road eventually. And I think, I mean, obviously off of last night, we may be seeing it because he has had five entire seasons with fewer than four missed kicks, five whole seasons in his career with less than four missed kicks. And he had four last night in week one. So I, I don't know. I'm, I just don't have a lot of faith in it. I, I'm going to be nervous. I love that he still came through and did the job. We're very lucky. The Titans are very lucky to be one and zero this week. And I'll say this: it took me till one ten a.m. one ten in the morning last night to realize that I have been spelling his name wrong my entire life. <laughs> Gostkowski. I was thinking it was Gotzkowski. I even, I, I think I, uh, I think we even, we, we botched that in the graphic for last week's episode. I thought it was an intentional alliteration thing, but they look past it. Look, Titans fans, they'll give you a break on that. So just for all of our Tuppers out there, just know it's Gostkowski instead of Gotzkowski. I I just assume he had a lot of Kowski, you know, he's, he Gotzkowski. But no, it's Gostkowski. So don't anyone else make the same mistake I've been making my entire life. <laughs> all right. With all of that said, that that that's our kicker talk. We'll probably we'll we'll be arguing about this for weeks to come since they're keeping them. All right. So with all of that said and and done, we got to get to this interview with Young Buck. Now our uncle, officially our uncle, Uncle Young Buck in the flesh. Well, not really in the flesh, over Zoom <laughs> on the, joining us on this podcast. Our first rapper interview on That's the right. Tighten Up podcast. But our second Uncle Buck, but our first Uncle Buck, Buck Rising, has the street cred of a wet sock or a caterpillar. Whereas yes. this young Buck, G unit right. member. I mean, he's decor- he's he's decorated in the streets. Right. People are going to think we're cool for getting this young buck on our podcast. That's right. <laughs> G Money. Uh, he he's made, he's made some songs with uh, Fifty Cent, uh, Birdman. You know, just the whole the whole G Unit crew. They've they've got an established history. One of the best groups in the early two thousands. A lot of people will recognize some of their songs. Oh yeah. Um, I'm really excited to. to to pick his brain here. And Andy's a Nashville native Titans fan. We're going to talk some Titans with him as well. It's, this is going to be a lot of fun. So, so just stick with us and, uh, and let's enjoy some, uh, enjoy young buck. Oh, you ain't never been to the dirty, dirty before. Come on, ride with young buck. Shotty want to ride with me. Ride with me. We can get low. Hop into the shit before go. Let's go. Want to ride with me. Ride with me. Let your head down. To say I am jacked for this week's guest is would be the biggest understatement in the world. It would be like the ocean has a little bit of water in it. You know, like it's I am I am just so massively jacked for this week's podcast because for a few reasons. He is a Nashville native. He is a Titans fan. And oh yeah, he does a little bit of rapping on the side too. So you can find him on Twitter at Young Buck. He is David Darnell Brown, a.k.a. Young Buck. Buck, how are you, man? Oh, man, I'm good, man. It's an honor and a blessing to be on here and chop it up with my fellow Titan people, I should say. You know, my brothers. Definitely, man. Just feel good just to chop it up, man. Everything good with y'all? Oh, Oh, yeah. 
especially after last night, you know, when you're one and oh, I feel like everything's always good. You know, you can't, you can't take wins for granted in this league. I mean, look at me, bro. I even showed up to practice on time today. Like, everybody was, everybody was like, yo, bro, you on practice? You had practice on time? I'm like, y'all took care of the business. I'm going to show up to practice on time this time. You did? So, oh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, man. Buck, I gotta, I gotta say, I gotta start by saying thank you to you because at, at, for every every kid who grew up in Nashville in the day and age of like, you know, the Planet Hollywoods and the Second Avenue trying to blow up but then failing Later. and coming back, and in the early <laughs> days of Nashville, there like there was not a lot of coolness to Nashville unless you were like in the country music scene. But like if you weren't into country music. Living in Nashville wasn't all that cool. You helped not only put Nashville on the map, but you rep the South uh, in, in the rap game, in, in, in a rap game that seems to be bi-coastal. You're either East Coast or you're West Coast. You helped bring up the Third Coast, and you helped make Nashville kind of like uh, give it some street cred, if you will, which I got to appreciate because growing up, there wasn't a lot of cool, and you brought cool to Nashville. So thank you so much, man. Hey, man, I appreciate that. And, and, and just to hear you say that, it lets me feel like, you know, a big a big part of my mission has been accomplished because uh, I never, ever wanted to take away from the city knowing that Nashville, quote unquote, is branded with being Country Music USA. Yeah. And the music that I do is different, you know, totally different. It's two different genres of music. But at the time, that was kind of like no 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 market for us in a sense you know we were kind of one of those b c list markets and we would kind of always get overlooked but i realized oh man my bad but i realized that um you know we had a lot a lot of the things that the biggest cities that the energy that was going on there you know we had that same talent within myself and, and much more but I had to try to figure out a way to kind of not only give them, uh, you know, more or less the reality street side of the things in Nashville, but almost a different branding, almost a, somebody calling my phone, but almost a, a different branding of, of actually the name. So I came up with Cashville and it was like, I can't take the, the end away. I'm going to just move it to the side because Nashville belongs to country <laughs> music, you know, and that's what we we love and we're always going to be known for. But I also wanted to not just add the, the hip-hop element, but give it just a whole nother branding to, to Nashville. And Cashville is almost consist of everything, uh, even country music, but it was more the urban side of things as well as the pop music. You know, music sits in Nashville in such a broad way that, you know, I just happened to play the part on the upcoming of where we at today because it was a point in time where, you know, it was hard to even find a station that would play any independent records or hearing so much rap being played back then. But our city's growing, man. And I think uh, a lot of those people that held on to a lot of things are being more acceptive, acceptive to change, you know? The city is growing, so a lot of different artists and the culture of music has evolved here so much to the point where I'm, I'm currently working on one of the biggest records 
right now in my in my career where well, I look at it like that by even collaborating with a country music star. But I got something in the works okay. that's really Ooh. big. Little yeah. tease. Well, yeah. well, Buck, you your career kind of took off in the late '90s and early 2000s, which yeah. I mean, you were with G Unit. You were some of the biggest rappers in you know in the industry, and yeah. at that same time, the Titans came to Nashville. So, and, and you're not you're not a rapper who just wears you know the Titans hat because you're from Nashville. You're a real Titans fan. Yeah. Can you can you for explain real. to us kind of what the Titans and everything kind of mean for you? Everything. You know, I've watched our city uh, kind of operate without any sports, in a sense. Let me just go there with it. You know, before yeah. we even actually had anything other than the sounds, the national <laughs> sounds, you know, that's that's where I've watched us grow to. So the Titans, you know, coming here was just the same exciting. I'm, I, I think I felt that same energy as most Nashvilleans, you know, it's like we got our own, something to call our own. I'm just a football fan in itself, so to be able to have the NFL right here in your backyard is, I think, every city's dream, if you ask me. So uh, the time when the Titans had came, like you say, it was right around the time of when my career started to, you know, take off in a sense, especially with G-Unit. I signed with G-Unit off in 2002, 2003. And, um, you know, it was just an exciting time for myself as well as for the city. And it was so much energy and still is now. I think, honestly, it's a little bit more energy uh, than it was then in regards to the Titans because we were still shocked. Yeah. The shocking mm -hmm. is over with now. Now we want a Super Bowl. You did. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like we were happy. Okay, we lost. So what? We got a team, but now we lost. Oh no, man! Y'all tripping, bro? Because we really have grown to become a football city, and we got a strong football team, man, for real. And even today, we sit here after a Titans win, and fans aren't happy now. That's kind of how the yeah. standard has changed. And got Stephen Goskowski, the Titans kicker, kind of kind of put the team in a bind. What? You watched that game last night. What do you I think did. the Titans should do about him? Well, he gets – he gets. look, we all have a bad game, you understand, and we all have bad days and bad things. And, you know, I believe in uh, giving a person a chance. I was given a chance, you know what I'm saying? I think as fans and, and as Nashvilleans, let's give him a chance. It's the first game. You know, yeah, he missed – a lot of kicks. Let's <laughs> a lot say of them. You know what I'm saying? But he also has the accolades to go with who he is as a kicker. He's just not Joe Blow, the kicker, just trying to do this. No, this guy has really done his thing, you know. So it's one of those things where he needs to tighten up. Get it together. The, yeah. Get it together real quick because, you know, down here <laughs> we are very, very uh, – let, let, let me say this much about, I think, about the Titans fans. We are forgiving to a fault, but when we unforgive, when, when, we, un, when, when we unforgive, it's hard to win us back. So just yeah. tighten up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's a, that's a great, great description of Titans fans. Because, yeah, because it is, it is one of those things where it's almost like that, that Southern hospitality, you know, just that niceness that you find just anywhere in the South. 
you, yeah. you see that with the sports teams and people are almost like too kind and they're like, well, let's get, you know, let's give them another shot. And sometimes that does screw you over. Uh, but yeah, but you're right. Once they turn though, then it's like, there's no, there's no turning back. A you lot of times back. like it. That's how well, I, look, that's how, I think, I, I think a good example is Mariota. I mean, yeah. let's just be honest. Mariota was the billboard face of, this, of the city. You really couldn't really move around. I mean, without seeing them throughout the city, billboards on the side of the stadium and every jersey. And I think Mariota is a good quarterback. I think somewhere down the line, either our system doesn't fit his system or something starts to change in there. But that energy changes as well throughout the fans. And, you you know, it went from Mariota, Mariota to silence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of only as good in, in football, like in music, they say you're, you, you're just as relevant as your last record. You know, you're just as hot as your last record. Well, in football, it almost feels like, you, you know, you just as, you're just as relevant and just as good as your last play. Yeah. In a sense, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Not your last game, but your last play, because every play counts. And uh, like I say, I, I, I think we we have a team and we have a big shot on uh, on getting back to that Super Bowl this year. It's just me. You know, that's how I feel. I'm a Titans, diehard Titans fan. And uh, one team I think we need to see revisit, and whenever we do, of course, the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I'm, I hate the Chiefs. I don't like the Chiefs, and I don't like Dallas Cowboys. Oh no, nobody I, likes I the don't like Dallas, and I don't like Kansas City. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's nothing personal. It's just the fact that you know they took a lot from us when they won that game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As a fan, that hurt. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. I kind of want to ask you about music too, because I mean, obviously, that's that's where you made your name. Um. Can you kind of talk to us what it was like, you know, being being young in your 20s with a group like G-Unit and what some of those tours were like just at that age and with everything going on with how big you guys were? I mean, it was an uh, experience of a lifetime. I've been through two, two or three passports here. So I've been all over the world. Um, coming from here in Nashville, man, it was something that I set my life out to become what I became. Meaning that I was an individual that started independently making a name for myself before I became a part of G-Unit. So I had experience of independently, you know, pushing music and hanging up posters up throughout the city and just trying to really market and promote myself. I, I was one of those individuals. So to get the opportunity uh, from G-Unit and 50 Cent I did exactly what I was supposed to do. I took full advantage of the opportunity and became who I am now, which is Young Buck. Um, I had some of the greatest times with G-Unit. Just somewhere down the line, as years go by and money gets made and businesses go the way it goes, sometimes things just don't work out. And uh, that's kind of what happened with me and 50 Cent. It was one of those situations where, you know, uh, business, didn't see eye to eye in a lot of different areas. And uh, this time I choose to go my way and allow him to do whatever he choose to do with his career. And uh, who to say, maybe one day things could get ironed out, but at this point I'm so focused on Young Buck and Cashville Records and, 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 and Nashville. 
I'm focused on my city because, uh, you know, I brought a lot to G-Unit. I've, I've been a ghost. I've wrote a lot of records for a lot of individuals. And I just truly feel like I haven't just got my just due as an artist. I'm going to tell y'all something that's very important to me. And I hope the Tennessee Titans organization or somebody that's within the organization is listening and paying attention to what I'm about to say. Out of all the success that I've had throughout my career, uh, I've always kept Nashville and Cashville right there in everything that I do because I've always felt like it's, 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 it's just about, it's not about where you're from, it's about where you're at. So I've always felt like whatever I do, I got to bring my city with me. But even what, when it comes to me speaking and saying, I feel like I haven't just got my just due, I have never had a record played inside of the Tennessee Titans Stadium. And I'm the only platinum rap artist that ever come out of this city. So it's still things that I have to accomplish and things that I'm looking to try to accomplish even within my own city and being as successful as I've became. And uh, I don't blame nobody, but I feel like some platforms are the perfect platforms for me to speak and this is it it's like look you know yeah i'm the biggest diehard titan fan it is you know what i'm saying to me in this city and uh you know i'm very very uh familiar and cool with a lot of the players as well but i've never walked in that stadium and even heard shorty want to ride with me which is mm -hmm. one of my biggest yeah right biggest or get buck get buck is meant for a kickoff yeah. it's meant for a kickoff stop right. It's literally uh -huh. meant for the minute that Derrick Henry comes through that hole and boom, I should be able to hear the whole entire arena. And right now we got COVID, so they got enough time to figure all of this out. By the time we come back, we need Young Buck performing. It right, right. I'm with, I'm with that. Because you know, it, it just means more. It means more knowing that that song – is from a Nashville guy, a guy that gets it us, does. and not only gets us, but gets this team and 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 pulls for this team. Like that's, I, I, hey, we are we are starting the campaign. We are starting the movement right now. We are going to get Young Buck, get Buck in Nissan get Stadium, get Buck in Nissan Stadium. We have got it. Hey, it's got to happen. Well, it got to man. And then you know, like I say, I got a lot of big things. I'm gonna give y'all the first news. All right, shout out to Jimmy Allen. All right country music star. He's a black country music artist. He got a lot of going on. And he's one of these guys who's who's very open into trying new things. He's a very intelligent guy, very dope artist, very, very, very everything that you can say involved with music. And, um, you know, we kind of been collaborating and just kind of finding the right record. But I think we not only have the right record right now, I think we have an anthem that's going to kind of not only make and force the Titans to say, hey, we got to play it, but the world in itself. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always wanted to miss the two because I'm from Country Music USA. I'm born yeah. and raised here yeah. from Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm I'm a fan of that music as well. And you wouldn't think it. But I love a lot of this music that some of the people wouldn't think I listen to is some of the things I do listen to. So I'm a fan of a lot of country music. I'm a fan of Taylor Swift. For real. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Taylor Swift's yeah, great. Yeah. Everyone's a fan of Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She used to ride by my house 
in Hendersonville. And I read, well, I was in prison, to be honest with you, in the article where she had wrote and spoke on how she used to ride by my home and look at my cars and things and and wish. She said something around the lines of she just used to ride by and, and be like, yo, those, look at all the cool cars. And that, that was amazing to me because I'm thinking the whole time I was sitting in the house, America's America's beauty was riding right beside my house. <laughs> How did I miss this? Why didn't I, you just come ring the doorbell? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Young Buck is responsible for Taylor Swift's success. I that's that's what I'm taking away from the story. Hey man, I, I wouldn't say that much because that's a bit too much. But I will say I'm a fan and I look forward. That's one of the things, like it's so far off, I guess, in my mind. But I would love to collaborate with her. One of the biggest things, and I ain't gonna say so far off because I never seen myself collaborating with Billy Ray Cyrus, but he reached out and we did it. Mm -hmm. And we basically had created a, a record for last Christmas, which was Blue Christmas, a remake of Elvis Presley. And uh, he wanted to do the record and it was just amazing that he even knew who I was to be. He's like, yo, I gotta have you on this. We put the record together and uh, it was set to come out, but the actual business of what I was going through with G-Unit at the time held that record up. So we were able to kind of set everything to the side and get everything ready for this Christmas and revisit it. So, you know, I've always tried to miss those two worlds being I'm from here. And now it's to the point where I want to, you know, make sure that it's understood that, you know, I deserve to be played in Nissan Stadium, man. Yes, you're right. Yes. No, you're completely so, right. Like, how much work do I gotta go put in? You know. <laughs> and hey, is the Jimmy the Jimmy Allen? Oh, I still I still got the six one five. There it is, right everywhere. there, right there on his chest. It's there this whole time. Right there. <laughs> Always I mean, repping. What's going on? Hey, hey, look, look. I don't want to. I don't want to toot our own horn. But Jack and I have this theory that the Titans do listen to this podcast because because everything that we say and everything we ask them to do, like sign Derrick Henry before the deadline to get him under contract, sign uh, get, Clowney, get sign Clowney, get to get um, uh, Jack wanted Stephen Goskowski on this roster. The, the Titans have done everything we've asked them to do. So if we say, hey, J J John Robinson, anyone of the Titans front office, anyone, we need Young Buck played at nissan stadium they'll do it they're gonna that's do it. it that's all we needed to do so we will it, it, it's a matter of when not if yeah straight up and that's big to me and i appreciate that love because i'm one of those guys that faithfully likes to be at those games even if the players ain't gave me a ticket i'm gonna make sure i'm getting there yes, you yeah. did. so i, I kind of catch all of the home games and i listen to all of the records but sometimes i sit there and be like who the hell do I talk to to play something or anything? Right. Or shit, <laughs> yeah. You know, so you know, man. Uh, Buck, you I mentioned you're cool. You're cool with a bunch of the players you mentioned. Uh, what were some players like in the past that you would hang out, go out with in Nashville, and and kind of some of the guys you're close to now? Uh, me and Pac-Man Jones always was cool. Uh, yeah, Chris okay. Johnson, uh, Javon Curse. You know, I've always had a uh, rest in peace to McNair. We've did you ever go to? Oh, that's true. Did you ever go to uh, Pac-Man's birthday party? Uh, we we have the invitation uh, from his, oh, yeah. his 23rd birthday thing, where it was only 
uh, only Libras or something, I think, was a, a big qualification. I was there. What was, what was, I was there. What were parties with Pac-Man like? Always crazy, man. Pac-Man likes to have a good time, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pac-Man, one of those dudes that you cannot be bored with Pac-Man. He's, he's one of those dudes that's going to keep the room, you know, lit. And he just have a lot of good positive energy. So we used to have a lot of good good kicking at times. Chris, he's real laid back, you know. And uh, Javon, he, he likes to kick it as well, man. We've kicked it and had good times together as well. Uh, Rashad, Blade, for us today, okay. you know what he I'm saying? He got thrown out last night. Yeah. Yeah, man, you know, it, it, it be rough like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But he's one of those guys that, that I've always – had that good love for and um um man uh what about Brad Hopkins? We had Brad Hopkins on the podcast. Of a shout out to Brad. Yeah, Brad's always been solid. Um our other guy who we just got rid of, our linebacker, Delaney. Me and him always was good. Delaney Delaney Walker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sure, the, uh, what? What? Okay, you you referenced seventy two Tennessee Titan in uh, in one of your rap songs. I forget which one it is, but um, yeah, I really had that. You had that? Yeah, you thought is that what you was about to? I ask? was wondering. I was wondering. Yeah, you got to send me yeah, a picture man. of it. What, so what? What but, about the seventy two Titan? You you have to send me a picture of it so we can put it on Twitter. Um, you know what's you know what's crazy, man? I'm sure anybody that's paying attention that has a picture of my cutness. That well, I once had my '72 Cutlass. It was Tennessee Titan blue. I had the Tennessee Titan interior and everything. I totaled the car out. Oh, I actually, what happened? I actually, man, it was too fast for me. I had a 454 <laughs> big block in that thing, and I had just picked it up after I had switched the motor out. And it was a little bit rain on the street that had just one of those days, and I hit a turn, and it wouldn't stop spinning until I decided to say, hey, there goes a pole. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm being honest with you. you like, honestly, like, and total that whole car. It was one of my favorite cars, one of the first vehicles I bought prior to signing with G-Unit. Straight That's up. That's like a metaphor for the franchise, if I've ever heard one, because they pretty much hit a telephone pole. And luckily now they got, you know, <laughs> they hit the body shop and now they're back and up and running again. <laughs> word, word. Um, hey. Hey, Buck, so, so I, I got to ask you this. So you, you were in jail back, you were in jail recently, earlier this year, and you got yeah, out in got April. Out. Fresh yeah, into, yeah. and you got sprung back out into quarantine life. So I got to ask is. you, what was worse, jail or quarantine? Of course, jail. Okay. I mean, I could deal with quarantine and out here. Okay. You know, order Uber Eats and all of that. But right, in jail, right, right. you know, of course, jail, man. But that that whole experience is just been things that happened in my life where I realized either I'm going to, you know, make, remain bitter because I'm in a bitter situation or try to find betterness in this better situation. So, you know, my experience of, of being in jail is of course bitter for me because it's not what I would hope nobody wants to be right. and definitely not what I expected to be. So for me, you know, I try to find better in it. So my time throughout prison was where I even got my GED in prison. Oh, so yeah. I, I found different little ways to kind of counter suit the actual thing of 
being locked up. I've, you know, outside of that, I've done a lot of positive and found a lot of positivity throughout prison where that's the place they say the most negative is at, where I've learned to become some of the most uh, and became one of the most positive, influential person to some of the people that I never see the streets. And I knew that, you know, I had to bring the same mentality back, back to the streets. And that's just keeping everything positive, moving forward with everything without having a negative outlook on things. And just kind of let my career take back off the way it belongs. You know, I've always had someone in front of my career, which was a 50 Cent, who kind of called the moves and directed the shots. So you never really got to see Buck. I'm kind of like an open book still to this music game and just to people in itself. Yeah. So I got a lot of life left in my career. And uh, I really honestly feel like I'm just now getting started, even when it comes to the music, man. It's just one of those things where uh, I just feel like my just do is just now coming around, man. Do you ever think about, do you ever think about writing a book? I have. I started writing one in prison. My Honestly, my, and it was uh, titled uh, Behind the Walls. And it was based on my experience being a celebrity and going from being, you know, this big celebrity to waking up one day in a prison cell, federal prison, one of the worst federal prisons in, in the United States of America. And, you know, my situation is a lot it's very, very delicate and different. You know, I've never been a, uh, let me say, one of those ones that's been in and out of jail. My first experience of doing any kind of time was me catching one of my first felonies in my life, which was the gun charge that I had no idea of a gun being in my home. You know, so I end up going to prison on the humble, but it was a lot of politics behind the scenes that sent me to prison in a sense as well. So like I say, um, I just had to find a betterness out of a better situation and here we go. And you stayed sharp and you came out on the better side, looking much better, you know. Um, believe that, believe that. I wanna, I wanna go all the way back because we only have you for a few more minutes. I wanna go all the way back to uh, G-Unit days. Um, I know you guys had some wild times, whether it was in America or overseas. Um, we did. You, 50 Cent, was Birdman, or no, it was Game, um, all, all those guys. Uh, what yeah. was what was the craziest, like, party or, or tour date um, with G-Unit? And how, how, do you, how are you standing now with, with 50 Cent and, and those guys? Well, uh, me and 50 haven't spoken, and we, we, we basically are not on the same page. I haven't spoken to 50 in – I don't know when, and uh, the other guys as well. I don't have a problem with none of them. Would I don't you like to talk to Fifty Cent? Uh, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn away from it. There's no reason for me not to. You know, if it was there, but at the same time, there's business, open business that that that, that that's getting handled and had to be handled in regards to me and Fifty situation. Now, whether he chooses to speak or not, it doesn't matter to me. My whole thing was about you know, going forward and being released out of a, a, a of a contract that wasn't being fulfilled on his end. And, you know, that's basically it. The business of it was all, I, the only reason why I'm no longer part of G-Unit is based on business. Uh, the other guys, I've never had any 
problems or dealings with them, but uh, Lloyd Banks is no longer part of G-Unit, and I'm not really for sure about what Yale has going on, but there's no ill will with none of them guys when it comes to me. I've had some of the greatest times. If I were to speak on some one of the, the wildest times that we had, would don't hold anything back. <laughs> don't hold nothing back. I would honestly, well, I, I, I would be honest. I would say uh, I was in Japan when well, we were in Japan and 50 was, uh, 50 would really trip and chew me out about wearing all this jewelry on the stage because you know, all my jewelry is real. You know, I spend thousands and thousands of dollars on these pieces of jewelry, and then I would get out on the stage with it. And he would try to convince me to rock fake jewelry. Like, he had different kits. He had a real kit of jewelry, fake kit of jewelry. But he would want me to wear the fake jewelry on the stage just because I was so wild and wristed popping off at the time though I was so young I was like no I ain't putting that shit on you know I'm not wearing that <laughs> so they used to be like okay you hard-headed go ahead so it was one of those times man I had just bought a bracelet I spent like 50,000 for it and we was in Japan and I'm like okay I'm about to go out and do my thing and uh bro I run out to the stage man and right on the part you know we were out there with Eminem, and um, M had brought us. We were coming out on the middle of his set list. So I run out, man, and I'm going crazy. You know, the, 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 if you ever see my shows, it's a sight to see. And I, my thing was, you know, put your hands up. And once they put their hands up, I'm, I'm doing the thing. And while I'm doing this, I just watch my bracelet say, Poof. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm put your hands up and I look up and then 50 looks at me while the bracelet is flying in the air and laughing like, ah, like I told you, you know, he's laughing like I told you, you know what I'm saying? And then I'm going through the rest of the show mad on the stage. Like, you know, it's kind of hard to perform. You got 50,000 just flew off in the crowd. <laughs> you know, and then he's on the stage laughing and been and joking about it. Like, so long story short, I was depressed that whole time on the stage. Couldn't wait to get off. When it, <laughs> at the end of the show, I went back to the dressing room and I'm like, yo, bro, man, my, he was like, yo, I told you about wearing all that real ass shit. See what I mean? And I'm like, get the f go on, man. You know, get on out of here, bro. So, Long story short, I just couldn't get over it. And I ended up being one of the last people to leave out of the the arena to the point where M usually lays over after his shows, at, at least that time. And he stayed back behind. And I'm telling Eminem, I'm like, look, M, I'm going to ride back to the hotel with you if that's cool. He was like, cool, man. Just jump in with me whenever. When I leave, I leave. And I, it was really because I was just you depressed. those guys. Man, I had got about to walk to Eminem's van to get in the van with him. And I, I just seen a Chinese dude, and he didn't speak English. But he was, no, 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 just get my attention. But for some reason, you know, God said, go by him. When I went by him, he couldn't speak English, but he had my bracelet. No way. 
Did he give it back? Man, I, listen, he caught my bracelet, stayed to the end of the show. He watched everybody leaving at the back, stayed to the end of the show, all right? And waited because he knew it was mine to give me and gave me my bracelet back, man. Oh Look, I did not know what to do, right? So in my mind, when people do good things for you, you do good things back. Yeah. I took all the money that I had in my pocket. I didn't know what it was or how mount was, but I'm like, here. And he wouldn't take it. And really? the guy who was translating for me was one of the security guys at the venue that kind of spoke both sides of English. And he was like, it's a, it's a, almost a disrespect to pay for something or show honor. The honor is them bringing it back and you, you're getting it back. So he was like, put your money up. Because the, the guy would turn away and was like, no. So I learned that. And, and to be honest, I guess the, the moral of the story is, yeah, I got that bracelet back. I showed back up at the hotel like, now what? I had it on. <laughs> he was like, what? How'd you get it? I said, man, he brought it back. And, and just the, the, moral, the moral of the story, the, I guess the moral of the story is this, man, and just to be as honest as I can with y'all. Uh, I've watched music do the ultimate for me in my life, and that's break language barriers. Because I can go on a stage in like a place like Japan and rap any one of my verses from any music, G-Unit or any of my records, and the crowd, to watch a crowd of all Japanese people sing every word for word, but the moment that that music stops, you can't even say nothing to them. <laughs> But they know the English. So to watch the music break the language barriers is one of the most amazing things that I've experienced with you. That, that's incredible. That's, awesome. that's an awesome story. You should have brought him back to an right. after party with you and Eminem. He would have never forgotten it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, bro, yeah. I don't think Eminem probably ever been to an after party in his <laughs> life, bro. Like, he don't get invited? I'm sure he gets invited, but you got to have a lot of money. To, to, a lot of money out of I don't even know a venue that would be big enough for Eminem for an after party, to be real. <laughs> Buck, two, up, fun, two quick questions before we let you go, because I know you I know you gotta I know you gotta bounce. Um yeah. one one rap, one Titans related. First of all, uh is there anyone, any uh rapper or really I guess musician, because you talked about you you talked about um uh mixing it up with the country music and everything. Is there is there a rapper or a musician out there that you really want to collaborate with, other than Taylor Swift, who we who we mentioned? Uh, someone you want to collaborate with that you've just never had the chance to yet? Uh, three of them, I would say Scarface, which is like the Southern God to me, I like my Southern Tupac or whatever you consider God. I'll, Scarface is that to me as an artist. And uh, Drake. And Jay-Z, uh, yeah. Drake, I would love to work with Drake because what Drake doesn't know is that Lil Wayne had called me on his bus be before Drake had really became Drake. <clears throat> and he was actually playing a few records for me, asking me what did I think about him and which record he should go with for us being a single. And that record that I ended up picking ended up being one of the biggest singles for Wayne, which was Lollipop. I'm like, yo, you got to go oh, with this. No and it did, and it yeah. blew. But at the time, he was playing me records like, yo, I got to let you hear my guy, bro. It's my artist, you know what I'm saying? And the moment that he played one of these records, I'm like, bro, where did you find this dude? And like, wait, wait. And it was Drake. 
in Canada. Yeah, the big Drake that we seen, he, he was like, he's from Canada and the whole nine. And I was like, yo, Wheezy, that boy is going to be the biggest thing in the world, bro. Because I could hear it even then. And to watch Drake become what he's became is, is just amazing. I wouldn't mind doing a record with him and Jay-Z as well. You know, uh, what people don't know is Jay-Z's been through these Nashville streets before, you know, and uh, it was a point in time I met Jay-Z as a child back at the Mix Factory right here in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, when we had the Club Mix Factory. And um, he motivated me. He gave me, outside of all the Cristal bottles that he had in the club, <laughs> even though I was too young to be in there, he gave those he gave those bottles to me, but he gave me the, one of some of the most priceless games at the time and he was like yo that's exactly how we started Rockefeller and I was like what do you mean and at the time I had a, a lot of people with me and we all had the same shirts on I was with a crew called Totally Independent Productions and um you know he just was observing to the fact what he said you know that togetherness is what we had that's what made made what we got now and uh that right there made me you know keep everything together because you know basically this music has always been built on it takes more than one but individuals become successful and all you see is one yeah you know if it's right. one individual so it's one of those things where your team you're no no stronger than your team and uh i try to keep and treat everybody eye level i don't really like being above or be below, but I like to stay right here. And and if I'm a have somebody as a friend or anybody, I rather for them to be right here with me or even above me. I, I'm not in a place of kind of you know having the circular. I don't know what I want to do with my life right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So straight up. So I final final question: What's the greatest Titans game you've ever been to? Versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, Snoop Dogg was at my crib <laughs> that game. And then, uh, you know, we did what we did and do what we do. <laughs> and Lindale, and <laughs> Lindale stomped yeah. on the terrible towel, right? You better know it. You know, and Lindale, <laughs> we all went back to my crib and had a good time even then. But, you know, I'm going to just be honest with you. Like, that game with Snoop being such a big Pittsburgh fan and me being such a big Titans fan, you know, it was one of those, you know, I bet you won't win and I bet you mm -hmm. we win. And just the, the whole excitement in the in the stadium at that time, it was freezing. It was cold. Yeah, I think was. I had pulled out the long mink and Snoop was on that side <laughs> over there. They was giving him all kind of hell because he was uh, still as down on the Titan side, you know. So <laughs> that was one of the most one of the most funnest games I've been to at the Titans. It's awesome. Um, Buck, we we do a uh, we do a thing with this podcast. Every time a guest comes on this podcast, they become an honorary uncle of our podcast. So it, it, with with your with your blessing, 
we, we would like to now honor you as our Uncle Young Buck on this podcast, if that's cool with you. Uncle Buck. Uncle, Uncle Buck. Buck. Bro, hey, look, that's official, bro. It's official like a referee with a whistle, bro, right? <laughs> right. Sign the paper. Yeah. officially Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck to this podcast. Right. Hey, we are going to – we will not stop until we hear your music and or see you perform at Nissan Stadium during a game uh, because, you, hey – you rep Nashville well, and we want to rep you well. So, and we appreciate you taking the time to do this and to hop on with us. Because, I mean, dude, there's, 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 there are not. There, I could probably count on one hand the number of of Nashvilleians who are as cool as you, man. Like it is you. You are seriously the Mount Rushmore of of the entertainment scene in our city. And and I appreciate you taking the time to do this with us, man. Yo, bro, I appreciate this interview. And anytime, bro, we'll follow up, bro. Uh, hopefully, we can maybe come back before we go to the playoffs and then even come back the, the day before the Super Bowl before we go win that. Let's, All right, let's, let's do it. Game. All right, bet, man. Yeah, because man, I told time. you, I, I told you we was going to win. <laughs> and we did. Yeah, that's right. Yep. That's right. All right, so we're, we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. You know? Right. right. We're going to, we're going to, it, it, we're gonna we're gonna overcome all of the missed kicks this season and still make it to the Super Bowl. It, this is this is the Titans year. <laughs> oh my God. Thanks so much for coming on, Buck. Alright, man. Anytime, bro. Y'all be easy. Get them up, okay. I'm reloading. I can't go swollen. I just can't fold it. I got them like, hey. got them rolling. The skittles on the way and the champagne frozen. Watch me do my thing. I got these groupies open. I'm well, it's official. Young Buck, now officially un Uncle Buck on this podcast. He is. That was one of the most fun interviews I feel like we've done. That was uh, awesome. No offense to any of our previous guests, but it's not every day you get like a, you know, freaking international hip hop star. It's just a, a rapper, literally from Nashville. That is a Titans fan onto your Titans podcast. It was that was pretty dope. Yeah, no offense to our, the other, the rest of our uncles, but right, right. Buck Look, we still love Chad Withrows of the world, but until Chad can drop bars like Young Buck, I don't. You know, it's just, it's just he's always going to be a little bit cooler. You know, that's right, that's right. And <laughs> this podcast now has street cred, which we were in desperate, desperate need of. So yeah, we got that covered as well. Young Buck was so fun, awesome. The G Unit story is a Fifty Cent story in Japan was awesome. Um, I mean, you can tell he's a really big Titans fan. Yeah, he loves the Titans, and he was decked out. I don't know. Uh, we may drop a video on this or something, but uh, if you, um, you, you, you can't, you couldn't see him obviously, but he was decked out literally Tennessee Titans T-shirt and a ten and really a really dope Tennessee Titans hat. Not just like one of those ones you buy at like a Quickie Mart or something, you know. Not not one of those Walmart Titans hats. It was like a dope titans hat with the tennessee state outline with the titans logo on the inside it was pretty cool and a um, and a, ten, a a chain a 615 chain worth yeah. of thousands of dollars so yes, yes. and it wasn't fake because he does not do fake jewelry and also <laughs> anyone from the titans organization listening to his podcast cough john robinson cough get young buck played in that stadium do john it robinson, you better do it explain to nashville what it means Get him on the jumbotron. Get him to do one of those like uh, Judge Mills Lane videos that they that they used to. Do. They still do Judge Mills Lane. I haven't been to a Titans game in, in years because I've been I don't not living so. in Nashville. But but no, either way, Young Buck should be in there. Whether it's Shorty want to ride or Get Buck, I think Get Buck's an awesome yeah. kickoff song. Um, 
Shorty Wanna Ride is a classic, you know. Right. Add him to the freaking Kroger shopping cart race. Oh, hell yeah. Texas Pete, get the hell out of the shopping cart Texas Pete, screw you, Get out, Molly Moo. Not until you go platinum, Texas Pete. Will we are you allowed back in the Kroger shopping cart race? <laughs> okay, um, let's get back to some Titans talk uh, because <laughs> obviously Titans are one and zero by the hairs of their chinny chin chin, uh, or the hairs of Gotzkowski's footy foot foot. <laughs> he, um, which by the way, did you see him take his shoe off? <laughs> yeah. Something about how he's like practiced in the off season with no socks on. And now he put a sock back on or something. I don't know. Either way, and you, you could put him out there fully naked. And as long as he makes his kicks, I wouldn't care. I'm not, he I'm did. not advocating to see a naked 42 year old Steven Gotzkowski, but if he makes his kicks, I'll sign up for whatever. Gotzkowski did say that he would play with his pants off. Um, right. Like if, if he had to, like, the, cause they asked him about taking his shoe off and putting it back on. He said, dude, I would take my pants off if it made me kick better. That's a whole different kind of britches report. Uncle Jim Wyatt. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a non britches report. <laughs> I think, I think he should, I think the Titans should make him kick pantsless in the next game as punishment for the way he played, <laughs> you know, like, cause kickers very rarely have to like watch film. Like kickers never watch film and like break down and have to like, atone for their punish, like atone uh, for their, 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 they don't get blasted in they did wrong. film sessions by exactly the coordinator questioning his effort. You know, you at very least in practice, at very least in practice, make him kick pantsless. <laughs> 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 not that I'm mad. Not that I want to see it. Um, I just think that would be really funny and it would give us something to talk about. Just make well, him go, go poo bear out there. <laughs> you, you know, who did give us something to talk about is Corey Davis. Dude. And that feels so good to say, because you can tell the pressure of the fifth overall pick is just too much. And while he may not live up to those expectations, and he is in a contract year where this could likely be the last season we see Corey Davis in two-tone blue, he stepped up to the plate and delivered big for the Titans in a game where they really needed him. Yeah, I look, and we, we said this off the, top of the, off the top of the podcast this week, we hate the people that overreact in week one. They're the worst people ever. With that said, I think Corey Davis is about to hit us with a Randy Moss year, and not not a Randy Moss as a Titan year. I'm talking Randy Moss rookie year. Did like Corey Davis showed up? We've we've been talking for five years now. When's Corey Davis going to do anything? Hey, better late than never, right? right. Like, let's talk about Stephen Goskowski, better late than never. What about Corey Davis, better late than never? It, Jack, tell me this: if you were in a coma for the last five years and woke up right before game nine. Okay. This would be a whirlwind of a day, uh, but go on. I, I imagine you'd be thinking, wow, the Titans got a steal at that number five pick with Corey Davis. Yeah. Right? It turned out well, didn't it? You know, hundred yards, a uh, hundred plus yards in, in week one of the season. Um, You're probably thinking if he did this good, Tonight in the first week of a season, like what has he been doing for the last four years? I can't wait to go on YouTube.com and type in Corey Davis highlights. Yeah, you, you might as well want to. You might as well throw your computer away, throw your phone away. Don't look it up. Um, but no, he's had two 100-yard receiving games prior to this one. This one felt really good though because the, look, the Titans are going to need him this year. He's in his contract year. Contract Corey Davis is obviously the best Corey Davis we've seen so Contract far. Contract Corey, baby. He's got a new quarterback who can, you know, make plays downfield with his arm, which is something that Corey Davis hasn't had. Look, I'm glad that he saved his best for last because when he came into the league, the Titans weren't in a position 
to compete for a Super Bowl. But that's not the case this year. Titans are going to need him because the the I guess the um, what's the what's the phrase I'm looking for? The um, everyone knows about A.J. Brown. Everyone knows that he's really good. So everyone's going to be focused in on A.J. Brown. And like kind of like we talked about in the offseason, if Corey Davis can be a solid number two, I think he's well worth that pick. I think because he can open up this offense so much more because not only do you have to worry about freaking play action with Derrick Henry, you have to worry about A.J. Brown getting the rock because you know he can do some nasty things with it. You also have to worry about Jonu Smith, who who got himself a touchdown last Adam night. Adam Humphreys is no slouch either. Adam Humphreys is great in the slot. If Corey Davis is damn good this year, that that makes this offense a lot better than what it was. Um, and I, I do have to point this out. Like, he did all the little things right. Had that toe drag um, on that one one catch. Uh, uh, toe which, drag swag. Yeah, it, it's just he's doing a lot of little things right. And one of the best things – Jack, if I told you someone on offense had a massive stiff arm on the first week of the season of Monday Night Football, <laughs> Derrick Henry or Corey Davis, who would you guess? Uh, I would guess Derrick Henry, but Corey yeah. Davis stiff-armed a man into the core of the earth. <laughs> if, I know the answer, and I, I, I would still guess Derrick Henry. But yeah, <laughs> Corey Davis stuck a Kareem, uh, Kareem Jackson straight into the ground. It no was seen him since. Kareem Jackson had a rough night because Kareem not only got stiff armed by Corey Davis, but then after one of his runs where he pushed uh, his fellow Alabamian Derrick Henry out of bounds, Derrick Henry's walking back. Kareem Jackson's like five ten. Derrick just gives him a little pat on the shoulder pads and made him look like the smallest human being alive. It was the, it was the most it was the kindest, most disrespectful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's not all bad for Kareem Jackson because. On the other side of the field is A.J. Bouye, a former Jacksonville Jaguar, who is <laughs> very Derek familiar well. with Derrick Henry's stiff arms. In fact, he caught one himself before. So he, he is A.J. Bouye to go to for advice. Um, I don't know if A.J. Bouye is the, the type of guy I would want advice from after you know leaving Jacksonville. Now he is in Denver. Um, but he, he's a guy you can go to nonetheless. Last thing I'll say, and uh, again, we, we're not going to overreact. We're not going to overreact from week one. But is it too soon to start talking about re-signing Corey Davis in the offseason? <laughs> let's get John New Smith done first, and then Corey Davis. Let's, let's yeah. make something happen. I, I hope Corey Davis goes off this year for a number of reasons. One, I just want him to do well for the Titans' sake. But also, just to shut up all the Corey Davis haters out there. Because I don't understand why there's a Corey Davis hater. I see. If you're I a Titans fan. I do. I mean, I, I, I understand the frustration. I understand the frustration. Don't get me wrong. But if you're wearing two-tone blue, you got to be hoping for the best out of every single person in that two-tone blue. But it's also and, fair to to be very upset with the way he's, you know, the production he's put out there. Okay, I, wait a minute. I, I feel like, like we Corey just Davis. flipped. I feel like we just flipped roles between Corey Davis and Stephen Goskowski. Yeah, because I did. was frustrated with Goskowski. No, but I, you're, look, you're you're cheering him on, and now I'm now I'm cheering on Corey Davis, and you're you were frustrated with the last. Well, Corey Davis. Years. Corey Davis hadn't produced in in the first four years of his <laughs> tenure. It's only been for you, dude. Fifth years in charge. Maybe, maybe some of that is partly due to no other weapons being on the Titans' offense and Titan or the opponent's secondaries keyed on Corey Davis. Now Corey Davis is going to get cornerback two every single week with AJ Brown uh, on the same side of the ball as him. So 
We'll see if that uh, impacts anything. I, I'm calling a Corey Davis CD1K. Contract Corey Davis is going for 1,000 yards this year. Okay, there we go. I love that. I love that. Maybe we should do a long-term bet, but I don't want to bet against that. That's the thing. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we're not going to do a long-term we'll put bet. That that. We'll put that we'll, one on. We'll just both pull for CD1K. Uh, real quick, before we, we got to get to Isaiah Wilson, but Jadavian Clowney, dude. He was all I, over the place, wasn't he? Well, for like the first like two quarters. Yeah, and then, then he, he got, got tired. really tired. <laughs> <laughs> but he did have a tackle for loss early in the game, and I was like, oh my God, Jadavian Clowney's real, and he plays for the Titans, and he Three snaps him. in, Drew Locke fumbles, that, fumbles the snap, and, and Jadavian Clowney just pounces all over him. And even, among, even aside all that, like even beside his numbers, he was a freaking terror out in the field. He was, there were many times where he was in Drew Locke's face. He almost got to Drew Locke a number of times. He was just quick and you could just see the presence that he does. He sheds blocks better than any defensive lineman I've ever seen. It takes just, two on Clowney, doesn't it? Yeah, Dude, just gets them out of the way and just, and, he, and then he just flies down the line. He's one of the best run stopping defensive linemen in the NFL right now. And you saw that last night and I can't wait till, and, and look, I'm going to give everyone a grant, uh, put this game, give the, I don't take know this game with a grain of salt, with a grain of salt. Thank you. That's exactly, <laughs> we've been doing this podcast for way too long. You know exactly what I'm going to say. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, I'm going to take this game with a grain of salt because it was in Denver and that's a p- tough place to breathe. It's mm-hmm. hard to breathe it's mainly because Goskowski was sucking so hard, but it's also tough to breathe because of the uh, altitude and, and, and so I, I'm excited to see today. I Clowney get back to, earth and see what he can do, especially next week against the Jaguars. Yeah. Back down to sea level. And one last thing on Clowney. Yeah. Uh, I, you could tell that he was producing because Harold Landry was back there just as much, if not more than Clowney was. Yeah. And that was partly due to the fact that Clowney was commanding the attention of the offensive line. Uh, and, and Harold Landry is going to see a lot of opportunities like that. If this, if Vic Beasley can get healthy, he'll be, he'll, he'll benefit the same way. Um, so, so look for that, look for more of that to come Clowney. He's here to be a game wrecker. And you know, if, if maybe it was 5,000 feet, uh, lower the altitude, then maybe he could have been out there a little longer, a little more, a few more snaps, but with a weird off season, he just got to Tennessee in game number one. I'll take it. I'll say this. Yeah. Clowney did what we, what the Titans brought him in to do in week one. So check that, check that game off the box. That did he couldn't have done anything more than you ask out of him for a game like that, even though he was out of shape and out of breath for and he kind of fell off towards the end of the game. I don't care. He did what you needed to do and did more so than what uh Jarrell Casey could have done. Uh, he <laughs> played okay, he had a couple of bad, yeah. uh, bad Red Kern played great, a rivalry game, uh, revenge game, revenge Red game. Kern. He was hitting nukes left and right. I got wow. my Brett Kern T-shirt on right now, but yeah, he 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 played great in his revenge game. We People say it was a, a a Drell Casey revenge game. No, I was a Brett Kern revenge game, and he we, and he showed it. We talked about only four kickers being in the NFL Hall of Fame. Only one punter is Ray Guy. Let's make that two. Yeah, I'll Let's I'll head his campaign. I had Jay Cutler's campaign. I'll head Brett Brett Kern's campaign. Okay, all right. I, I'll, I'll, and I'll be your I'll be your co campaign chair on that one. Uh, we got to talk about Isaiah Wilson. And this is a this is a really interesting just topic from all angles and and I, I want to tell you up front how I want to how I want to cover this. I, I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it from two angles. I want to talk about what Isaiah Wilson is going through as a person and as a human being, 
and th- but then I also want to talk about the actions that he did, which were incredibly stupid. And I feel like I'm going I'm going to hopefully responsibly break those two things up. And I hope you guys can can see where we're going with this. But first and foremost, if you're a Titans fan, you probably have seen the social media post that he he posted to I, I think his Instagram stories and then deleted talking about how he hated his life and he just keeps screwing up. He was very remorseful. It came out at like 3 a.m., which is about two hours after he was arrested for DUI on Friday night. He was, clearly there's a lot going on upstairs for Isaiah Wilson. And I'm I'm a huge proponent of mental health. And I think that's one of the most important things today um, going on just for any human being. I think mental health is important, especially with athletes who are in the spotlight and things like that. I hope everything, I hope Isaiah Wilson can find the help he needs and, and get pulled back out of a dark place. Depression is no joke. Whether you're an offensive lineman for the Tennessee Titans or whether you're a freaking Titans podcaster, I've, I've dealt with depression before in my past and it's not fun. It's not a good thing. It's not a, anything you want to, I would wish upon my worst enemy. With that said, I'm pulling for Isaiah Wilson, not just because he's a Titan, but because he's going through this. And I want I want to see him get right. I want to see him get better. And I hope I hope that he can not only find help, but listen to help when it's being provided and when it's being offered. And it, I, I I I'm just pulling for the guy because and, and you shouldn't take it lightly. You shouldn't you shouldn't take mental health lightly. And with the with what he was posting, that's some scary stuff. Yeah. That is some scary stuff that that he posted, and I hope he can get right from this. And I hope I hope the Titans punish him for what he did, but I also hope they punish him in a way that's encouraging and constructive it's, punishment. Exactly, yeah. and I hope they're helping him get get out from this dark place. Look, he's 21 years old. He was just a first round pick in a in an NFL draft to a team, the Tennessee Titans. He he hasn't lived in Nashville. This is a new environment for him. He's a young kid. He's got a lot going on, a lot of pressure. He probably thinks about it all the time. At practice, he's not getting the reps he wants. He's yeah. He, he's behind Dennis Kelly. He's you know he's even losing reps to Ty Sambrello uh, at times, and he he's clearly not right. He he needs he needs some time away. Um, I I do hope he gets some help. Um, you know he he could be. He, I don't want to make this about the Titans, but it is so much about the Titans. I want him to get the help he needs to just as a person in general. Mm-hmm. Um. But with that, with the pressure of that first round pick, you know, and and especially in coronavirus, there's no, there's really no reason why you should be out doing donuts with friends or you know, ju- contemplating jumping off balconies at TSU at a, when the cops bust up a party. There's just no excuse for that. As a pre- professional athlete, you don't want to bring coronavirus into a building with grown ass adults who have their own families to worry about, and that potentially gets spread down the line and on and on and on. But with Isaiah Wilson. It's I want to see I want to see him improve and look it's looking more and more like we're not going to see him at all this year that's completely fine let's get the let's get the new and improved healthy ready to roll Isaiah Wilson next season because I'll take that right now the, the right side of the offensive line is is completely in jeopardy they may have to bring in another person it's a letdown that Isaiah Wilson is is, is acting this way and, and doing these things. But I think there's clear underlying mental health issues that I want him to get right first. Um, once he does, then let's play some football. 
Now, on the flip side, I do quickly want to talk about the actions because doing donuts at what the corner of Charlotte Pike and 25th, I a think. A fairly was, busy intersection. It was a very busy intersection. If you've ever been to Nashville, you know that's a very busy intersection. And my man was doing donuts. Now, look, this is strictly now on to the action of what he did. Drunk driving, I that's just the worst. Never get behind the wheel. It, it's 2020. There are so many different options to where you don't have, even if you have no friends whatsoever, <laughs> hand raised, <laughs> you don't You don't even need, you don't need to drive drunk. You, you can call an Uber. You can call Lyft. You could probably swipe a couple girls on Bumble and maybe try and get one of them to pick you up. Like there's literally so many options at your disposal to get picked up. And He's doing donuts. Jack, let me ask you this. Like, I feel like, like how many people outside of rural towns have done donuts in their post high school lives? Ooh. Have you, have you done a donut since high school? I haven't. And you know, the only person that really comes to mind after that interview was young buck. Maybe that's how the, the 72 <laughs> Tennessee Titans probably for like a music video shoot or yes, something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Those don't count though. You know, uh, yeah, those don't count. I'm talking. Yeah. Like just, I'm just talking like, you know, you're out on a Friday night and you do donuts in the middle of an intersection, a busy intersection in Nashville. Like does maybe, anyone, maybe still, I wouldn't even like, do donuts in a parking lot right now. Who knows? It could have been all for like a, a paid advertisement by Krispy Kreme or, you know, that's true. Uh, that's true. Donuts. He's an offensive lineman. He's a big boy. He definitely eats. Yeah. Doing my, donuts, I could see I could see a partnership there. My my take on this whole thing is a couple of weeks ago he gets in trouble at the college party. Okay. He's so he gets in trouble for doing college things. Now he's getting in trouble for doing high school things. What's next? Is he gonna get in trouble for like peeing down the slide at a playground? Like no, is this like we can't have I feel that. like I, I feel like I feel like he's slowly regressed. Like he's the Benjamin button of bad decisions. He's just slowly <laughs> slowly getting younger and younger with the things he's getting in trouble for. And look, I hope he, I wish him nothing but the best. Um, the, the, don't drive drunk. You're going to get, you know who you're going to piss off? Our buddy from last Mike, episode. Mike Brabel. No, no, no. Well, yeah, oh. obviously Mike Brabel, but our buddy from last episode, uncle Matt mothers against Ooh, drunk driving. That's true. That's who you should, you really don't want to piss off uncle Matt because, uh, I was tweeting with him earlier this week. He, he adds more D's uh based off of how mad he is so then he becomes uncle mad oh i like that okay really don't want to make you don't want to add any more d's to uncle mad's name um because then that's just gonna uncle mad will take it out and you know with the fury that uncle mad typically carries along with him in life which right all right so uh quickly before we get out of here we want to take a real quick shield shower uh just because we're two stinky boys and we got to get we want to shower together oh, <laughs> no, what? that's no. weird all right we should change the name of this of this segment shield shower is basically where we take a look around the league uh at everything else that's going on and let's start within the division colts and jags the colts um <laughs> are my eyes deceiving me do the colts actually lose with the philip rivers the future hall of famer coming to town to fill the void that andrew luck left last year when he retired abruptly did he really lose to the Jaguars week one? Like that's this is I, real life. This is look, real life. he's new to the division. I get it. He probably he clearly doesn't know the rules, but you do not lose to the Jaguars, especially into the first week of the season. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, they look Rivers, bad. I know you're coming from the AFC West where like normal football happens and uh, there isn't like a, a lot of just weird shenanigans that right. go on. Things are a lot more um, chill out there. Welcome to the AFC South Philly boy, because yeah. there, there's, you know, you can't look past any team. It's all weird. Everyone beats up on each other every season. 
So Titans lost to the Jags last year and end up going to the AFC Championship. Makes no sense. We see that happen week one. I had the Colton Eliminator pool. I got I, I was upset about that. But at the end of the day, I, I was still like, you know what? Uh, the Jags beat the Colts. That's funny to me. I like that. I, I, I'm Whenever the Colts are down, I am up. And that's yeah. how I feel about the Colts. Gardner Minshew impressed. 19 of 20. Dude. Gardner Flint Minshew the second, which by the way, Gardner Flint Minshew the second, his grandpa wanted him to be named Beowulf, which is just awesome. Yeah, I saw and that. he's he's Gardner Flint Minshew the second, even though there's not a garden another Gardner Flint Minshew in his family, <laughs> which is just hilarious to me. Um, I I actually and I know this is going to be is maybe taken wrong on a Titans podcast, but I actually love Gardner Flint Minshew. I hate him so much. He's I see. I love him. I love him when he's not playing the Titans. I he's such a gimmick. I can't stand. I, him. <laughs> I love him. He balled out. He balled out. Is he going to ball out on Sunday? Because I don't think the Titans can deal with that. They're on short rest, and the defense is walking wounded, right? Walking and wounded right now. Oh, Dory Jackson's on the IR. That stinks. Oh, gosh. Hopefully, Rashawn Evans doesn't slap someone in the face. No, stop punching people, dude. Luckily, it's not college to where he's like, he has to uh, miss the first half of next week's game or something, you know? But But, um, yeah. Just guys, don't don't lose to the Jack. This is the, the AFC South is on the line, week two. We're already there. Week two. Get first place. Yeah. First place is on the line. You can't lose this game. The Titans have to go out and freaking just, I don't know, not do what Phil Rivers did. <laughs> you said his, his name's Gardner Flint Minshew? Yeah. It's the Flint AKA Minshew Bale. Mega Bowl. Say that Flint again? Flint Minshew Mega Bowl. Flint Minshew Mega Bowl? Oh, was this a bad joke? This could have been a bad joke. Do you ever see Sydney Pro? Uh, no, you've never seen Simi Pro. I haven't. I've seen a lot of other Will Ferrell movies. I just haven't seen the one about the ABA man. That one. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll move past it. We'll move. I'm disappointed. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm usually movie reference guy, dude. I'm sorry. I, I, that hand raised on that one. That's on me. Um, also, uh, Tom Brady sucks. (laughs) Tom Brady sucks. Can we interceptions? A pick six. This guy's old. We're not going to overreact to week one. But should we rescind Tom Brady's GOAT status? Because in my opinion, his first week outside of New England, not great. Not nope. great at all. He looked bad. He looked bad, bad. And he threw a pick six, threw another interception that was way over the head of, of Godwin. New England made Brady great. Brady did not make New England great. Sis Tom. I think that I think that and, and yeah, sis Tom. I'm not willing to go sis sis Tom yet, but I, all I'm saying is it, it, it's really ironic how a guy who former Tennessee Titan, Matt Castle, won 11 games in New England. And we all know how bad Matt Castle was. I don't want to read um, that, that train wreck of a quarterback tenure. But I'm just saying, it, it. and look, it's only one week. It's only one week. But it's really bad when you leave a team that's like everyone's like, oh, you know, Brady made New England great for so many years. Did he, though? He played with a really great defense, played with historically the greatest coach that we will ever see in the NFL. And he played in a division where he was guaranteed six wins against the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets every single week. So I'm just saying, look, I'm not I'm not saying Brady's not what what he did wasn't great, but I'm just saying he was like we know football is the least is, is the most team sport of any sport, professional sport out there. Gotta have other dudes. He's got other and, dudes. And he oh, and he has and he has great dudes in Tampa Bay. He has an incredible offense. 
the best weapons he's ever had. A new coach who's an offensive genius. I mean, maybe not to Bill Belichick's level, although he's a DC guy and Josh McDaniels runs a show on O over there. But Saints and Buccaneers, we're going to see it at least one more time. I expect to see them some at some point in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I'm just saying, how can you call him the GOAT when he's not even the best quarterback in Florida right now? Again, shout out Gardner Flint Minshew the second, a.k.a. Beowulf. Uh, Brady threw more interceptions than Gardner had incompletions. Wow. Time to time to hand over the, the crown, Tommy boy. And it doesn't help his case that Cam Newton went out and balled in New England, like just went off, yeah, had his best really, start really since well. probably 2016 playing in new england so new england makes players great not the other way around i'll say that another game uh, that, that uh we can talk about with high-powered offenses we're going to stay in the afc south first game of the nfl season texans went on the road lost to kansas city who actually had fans in the stadium them in jacksonville ironically yeah. were the only teams with, or the only teams with fans in the building jacksonville uh, i think it's like 20 something percent was allowed in which is uh, a sellout would, for them. Would you? Be, I was going to say, do you think they even sell out with twenty thousand? Uh, my question is, how many were allowed? How many were allowed in the swimming pools? Oh man, I'd like. To is it like an adult more. swim type situation there to, during coronavirus? You come into that pool nice and clean. You come out of that pool with coronavirus on top of about thirty-five other diseases. Yeah, all I'm saying um, is Marlins man has been in that pool before, oh, so you, no telling what kind of. That guy. Hepatitis is in there. No, but chlamydia and all the, the okay. STDs. The, te the Texans looked like they missed Hopkins a lot. They really did. Their offense wasn't functioning um, nearly at the level it was last year. The Chiefs looked like they didn't miss a beat all offseason. They're ready to play again. They're ready to yeah. go back to the Super Bowl and win that thing I again. Ugh, I know. But the Texans, I, know. They, I mean, I'm not saying that they look like an easy out, but they look like a team the Titans could sweep. And, and yes. I will say this, their, their offense, like as long as they have Deshaun Watson, their offense is going to be a freaking mess to deal with because they still do have great receivers with Will Fuller and, um, Brandon uh, cooks. If he's healthy, he's good. Brandon. Yeah, exactly. And then there's uh who's the other one. Why am I blanking on his name? Randall Cobb is there, I believe. Um, yeah, Randall Cobb. No, but dude, Kiki Kuti is there. Uh, Kiki Kuti. That's who I was trying to think. Okay. okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah. So the Texans, I, I'm not willing to say, I'm not willing to go there yet. Because I, I still think they're they're a force to behold, and you know their defense is pretty solid. The Chiefs will make any defense look bad. So also, Austin, you got to remember who's calling the who's running the show over there. The idiot. Oh, what idiot, Bill O'Brien? Gosh, that dude's chin dimple gets bigger every single nah. year. So, you could probably make a new pool that rivals the size of the Jacksonville Jaguars pool just yeah. in, in alone. Yeah, Texans should look into that. Just. Fill his chin dimple with water and allow people give give fans the opportunity to watch it. Wash around in there, yeah. It's a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so gross. That'd be. I'd actually. I'd rather. I'd rather take a, a get in a hot tub, nude with Marlins man, than get into that chin dimple with <laughs> filled with water. That'd been be gross. Of, uh, been a lot of you nude in in the shower. Been a lot of nudity in, the, in today's episode. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of Gotskowski. Let's just take Gotskowski's pants off, okay? Let's do it. <laughs> now that I know how to spell his name. Okay, that's going to do it for this week's uh, Tighten Up Podcast. Thank you guys so much for for listening, for subscribing. If you're if this is your first episode, stick with us this whole season. We're gonna ride this thing to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I hope. I hope uh, we're gonna do. We're just gonna have fun this year. <laughs> Obviously, we brought out Young Buck for Week One. Wanted to hit it hard. 
We appreciate all of you who listen. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, fo- hit that follow button on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod, on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast, and of course at A to Z Sports on all platforms because no, A to Z Sports that's our that's our parent company. They are our daddy, and um, we we want to respect. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds weird too. You are on right. one today. I, yeah, I got it. We got in this podcast now. This is getting great. weird. This is getting hella weird. We're not usually this weird. I promise. If this is your first time, um. Check it, check us out. Check out a to Z sports, Nashville.com. If you want to email the show a to Z sports, uh, or sorry, tighten up pod at a to Z sports, Nashville.com is the email address. Send us your emails. We would normally read email addresses, um, or react to the game, react to the podcast, react to young buck. Yep. React to Austin's strange comments. Uh, you can, you can do a plethora of things. You don't have to, you don't have to react to my strange comments. (laughs) You really don't. Uh, Jack, you got anything for the road? Nope. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe. That's what they all say. Um, so go do that. Uh, we're excited to, you know, go on this journey of the Titans 2020 football season with you guys. Tennessee Titans are 1-0. and And you know what? You can't go 19-0 and without going 1-0. So let that be your lesson Take the bank. Cash it. Oh, one last thing. John Robinson. Get buff. Gotta play that at the stadium. Get Buck in Nissan. Hashtag Buck. Get Get Buck in Nissan Stadium. That's a long hashtag, but we'll roll. We'll roll. All right. Well, with all that said, until next week, tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans.